Good morning, everyone. I want to know before I begin this service, I want you to know I met several people who helped me to just preach the gospel. And I mean by that, don't sugarcoat it. Don't embellish it with other goody two-shoe things. And one person I encourage, slow me down if you have to. So without further ado, I see Bruce's world capers. Okay, very important subject, the Holy Spirit and his relationship to the believer. What may you expect? I have an outline to help you go along with it. Every time I talk to at least two or three people, they tell me, Maybe this needs a little improvement. Maybe you could be more clearly in this area. And that's what I'm trying to do to make it clear what I'm talking about. And I said, as I said, the Holy Spirit and his relationship to the believer. Now the next page operates in that direction. This is what you can expect this morning. The Holy Spirit in you, grieving the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, sealed, that's the, with the Holy Spirit. And this was no mistake, intercession by the Holy Spirit. You're going to wonder what that is if you don't already know. And the word, hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Amen. And I want you to know that that last hallelujah is not confined to the last thing. Matter of fact, you can shout hallelujah, I hope, all through this message. The word of God is not confined to a simple verse. When you see different things popping out at you, I know I'm getting ahead of myself already. It's the Holy Spirit who's speaking to you, inviting you to come into his holy presence. This is what Jesus said. I've got a crew back there who's following me right along. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, wonder who that is. The Holy Spirit, maybe. Helper shall not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. That is the New American Standard Bible. But here's another version of the same thing. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Is it expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter. In the previous verse that I read, it said the helper. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself already. I can feel it coming. The, the comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, I've got to ask you a vital question, which is forthcoming also. Without much hesitation, do you have the Holy Spirit? And I want to reiterate something, and I'm not picking on anyone. That's not an apology, by the way. Do you have the comforter? And I say that because there are some religious groups who would like to relevate, that's not the right word, right to debunk the Holy Spirit as being a person. But the Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not a force. He's a person. 
and every born-again Christian has the Holy Spirit. This is what Acts chapter 1, power to witness. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. I missed the word, a very important word. You shall be my witnesses. A witness of who? Both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and through the uttermost parts of the earth. Now I'm going to make a detour here from something someone said to me this morning. My witnesses. Who do you say that I am? How am I talking about? I'm talking about the one who created the heavens and the earth. The one who had a face-to-face relationship with his father before time began. The one who came down to rescue my soul. Can I get a witness? That kind of personal, Brother Bruce, he came down to rescue. And the word is rescue. Your soul and mine. He's the great. I am. Romans 8. The Holy Spirit in you. I want you to realize something, and perhaps you already know. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon people and leave. And there's some exceptions. In the New Testament, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, did you notice that? Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ. He is none of his. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it because some people told me not to apologize. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're none of his. It's that simple. Here's another version. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the Holy Spirit, I added a word. Let me start over. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God. You get that? The Spirit of God dwells in every born-again Christian. Dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, there we go again. I said it before. Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ. Jesus said it this way. I. And the Father are one. Jesus Christ and God the Father share the same Holy Spirit. Can I get a witness? I think the next verse says it so succinctly. Marge, you don't have to slow me down yet. What? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? I know it says Holy Ghost, which is in you. Not upon you, but in you. Which you have of God, and you are not your own. Before I say the next part, 
and I know it says it on the next page probably, if you are a born-again Christian, you don't belong to yourself anymore. Why did you say that, Brother Bruce? Because so many of us think you think you're the it, but we're not the it. We are dwelled by the Holy dwelled in by the Holy Spirit, and He wants to take control, conforming you to the image of His dear Son. And He keeps on working on you. Or do you not know that your body, this temple, right, this physical body, your physical body, it's the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have from God, and that you are not your own? Astonishing indeed. What an astonishing saying this is. As truly as the living God dwelt in the Mosaic tabernacle and in the temple of Solomon, so true, I know it so truly, does the Holy Spirit dwell in the souls of genuine Christians. And as the temple and all its utensils were holy, separated from all common and profane uses, and dedicated alone to the service of God, so the bodies of genuine Christians are holy. Can I get an amen? I'm going to comment on that in a second. And all their members should be employed in the service of God alone. Before I go on to astonishing part two, think what was just said, which is so true. You are indwelt by God, the Holy Spirit. Can I witness? Can you get a witness? Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. I better read that again because I need to read it again. What an astonishing saying is this, that as truly as the living God dwelt in the Mosaic tabernacle and in the temple of Solomon, so true does the Holy Spirit. Spirit, I know it says Holy Ghost, dwell in the souls of genuine Christians. Say genuine Christians. I'm going to ask you, are you and me genuine Christians or are we faking it? You can fake all you want. You can act like a Christian. You can have the language of a Christian. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not a Christian. And he wants to express, this is later on, his fruit in your life. And notice I said fruit, not fruit. You'll see that later on as we go along. Here's part two. Astonishing. Continue. You have no right over yourselves. To dispose either your body or of its members, as you may think properly or lawfully, you are bound to Christ. Can I get a witness? He's got you. And to him you are accountable. I want you to get this down straight once and for all. If I can clearly present this to you, what you do after you are saved Accounts to God. And you and I are going to answer. Because you have the Holy Spirit. He's designed a purpose for your life. And you and I, I know I said it twice now, are going to be held accountable for what you and I did after we got saved. This is not a free for all. Now that you're saved, you can do anything you want. Because you're bought with a tremendous price. The price of the Son of God. And if I may reiterate, and I know you've heard it before, the blood that... I'm getting too quick. 
the blood that flowed in the veins of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 20:28, was the unique blood of God. You can look it up yourself. Matter of fact, you shouldn't take anything that any preacher says without getting into the book yourself. That's what's part, that's part of what's wrong with you and me. You think you're still in charge. You think you can use foul language. You think you can neglect God's word. I'm going to say it again. I have no idea who I'm saying this to. I'm saved now. I can do anything I want. If you're saved, you don't want to live like the old man. Here's that fruit without the S. And the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering. Kindness. Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, which means long-suffering. Against such, there is no law. There was no law against those things. And I'm going to add this to it. Young's literal translation, if the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. Why'd you say that, Brother Bruce? When you were living in the world, you didn't even realize there was someone else in control, and you thought you were in control. And I don't even have to say his name. I'll just put it like this. His name is Delabalus. I said it wrong. Diabolus. He's the God of this world. Let me repeat that list, some of it. Love, joy. I'm a Christian now. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. You made a big mistake. But along with having love, joy, peace, there's a peace that passes all understanding. And because of the Holy Spirit, you are able, he enables you to make it through whatever he allows you to go through. And I'm going to say it again. He allows Christians to go through all kinds of stuff. But he made a marvelous promise. I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. Earth, some say earth, and some say age. Grieving the Spirit of God. Now, I want to ask you another question, and some of you who were here last week, I know you heard me say it again. How can you grieve a tree? How can you grieve electricity? How can you grieve an it? The Holy Spirit is a person. And you just read, don't turn back, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and the rest of that group, kindness, goodness. Those are the landscape of a person. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed under the day of redemption. I'm going to tell you right now, and this includes me and you, if you are a Christian, if you are headed down the wrong path, and you know it, whether you know it or not, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Well, Brother Bruce, I thought you already were redeemed. I thought you, there's, oh, say redemption. redemption. Maybe that'll help me out. 
There's coming a day when your soul and your body are going to be united and you're going to be the kind of person that God wants you to be. You can be redeemed now, but there's come a day of redemption. And your soul and your body are going to be placed back together. And Jesus put it this way, and this is not in the notes. I am the resurrection. I am. Not I will be. I am the resurrection. Make sure I don't miss one. Yes, I got it. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger. What's wrath, Brother Bruce? An outpouring of anger. Clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. And be kind one to another. Why should I be kind to a Christian brother who keeps on slandering my name. Why don't you take him to the Lord in prayer? Amen. Don't you try to handle it because we'll always mess up. Yeah. Put that Christian brother or sister in God's hands. Amen. Let him handle it for you. And anyone who is a Christian, you know what I'm talking about. And be kind one to another tenderhearted, forgiving each other. And here's the best part, just as God in Christ also forgave you. He forgave you. Why can't you forgive others? But I'm going to tell you right now, and you already know it. It's hard to put away bitterness and wrath without the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, you can't do it. You can bury it but you can't really forgive them without the power of God, the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going back to the outline. Who is the very first thing on the screen? He's in you. Six things that grieve the Holy Spirit or quench him. Bitterness, wrath, rest, rage, anger, clamor, brawling, always want to fight, slander, Talking about your brother and sister behind their back. Malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. Just as in Christ God forgave you. Did you get that last part? Christ. I got it backwards. God was in Christ. That's what it says. Do not put out the Spirit's fire, the New International Version. Quench not the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Three different versions. Now, I like the next note. I hope, I hope it's the next one. The Holy Spirit is represented as a fire. Let me ask you a question. And this is not in the notes. Have you ever been on fire for God? Have you ever just said, I want to talk to you about Jesus. You are my witnesses. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The Holy Spirit is represented as a fire because it is his providence. I know it says providence. To enter. Enlighten and quicken the soul to purge it, purify it, and refine it. The spirit is represented as one being quenched when an act is unknown. I know I said that wrong. I need to slow down. This this spirit is represented as being quenched when any act is done, word spoken, or temper indulged in, contrary to its dictates. I'm going to say it again. The Holy Spirit, this ought to be plain enough, wants to take control of your life. He doesn't want to be put on the back burner. It is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of love rather, 
as therefore anger, malice, revenge, or any unkind or unholy temper will quench it. I know it says it, but you know it's a he, so that it will withdraw its influence. I'm going to remind you of something in case somebody says, he don't know what he's talking about. In the Old Testament, it says the Holy Spirit came in what? Yes, this time I do. I said it before. In the Old Testament, sometimes the Holy Spirit would come and then leave. But in the New Testament, I'm going to say it for you, cause of mine. Every person who knows the Lord Jesus has the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. We'll quench him. I can't, I'm, I'm going to just be personal so you don't think I'm picking on you. I don't know how many times I grieved the Holy Spirit within the last day. But you know what? I'm sure I have. And I had to ask the Lord for forgiveness. Can I get a witness? And if I want to be honest, you too have grieved the Holy Spirit. But he didn't leave. He stays right there. I'm going to put it in another way. I'm going to stay right here again until he gets right with God. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And later on, you're going to see you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. He's not going anywhere. We'll quench it. So that withdrawal is influences. It didn't say withdrawal is presence. Withdrawal is influence. The more, I'm going to say it again, just in case you think I'm picking on you. The more you and I ignore his influence, the, it gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And then the heart is left to a state of hardness. Don't you know, Christian, we can harden our hearts against the Holy Spirit? And I'm going to say, if you think God's going to leave you in that condition, you made a mistake. Because he's going to keep on working on you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us. Say cleanse us. The Holy Spirit is the blood of Jesus Christ. Is, let me slow down. Slow down. The Holy Spirit is in back of the blood of Jesus Christ to keep on cleansing you. In case you're looking it up, and it's on the screen, if we confess our sins. You know what's wrong with us? You're too proud to confess your sins, which is a sin indeed. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As I am filled with the Holy Spirit, he produces the fruit of the Spirit. I told you I was going to have this again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't know how to say this, but I'm just going to just say it just the way it is. Do you have love for other Christians? Not only other Christians, do you have love for other people? Do you ever pray for them? Do you have joy in the midst of adversity? Do you have a peace that passes all understanding when you're going through different things? You don't know where it's coming from, but there's a peace. There's a peace. Isaiah says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. And some of you don't know, and I had to look it up myself in the commentaries. Perfect peace is really peace. They couldn't explain it, so they had to say peace, peace. But that's what it is. Peace. 
I don't know how I don't have all the details. You don't have all the details of what's going to happen, but there's a peace that passes what you think you know. It has been observed that fire may be quenched as well as by heaping earth on it as by throwing water on it. And so the love of the world will as effectively, I know it says affectionately, effectively, grieve and quench the Holy Spirit out of repeated acts. I know I added the word repeated, transgression. I got to think through what I'm saying. What about it, Christian? What about it? Have we thrown water on the Holy Spirit to tell him, I don't want to do that. That's too much for me. Or whatever the reason is. I'm going to tell you, and I know this is getting ahead of myself. God will give you the power to do what he wants you to do. Every genuine Christian. Say genuine Christian. Genuine. I'm stuck there. Are you? Am I a genuine Christian? Every genuine Christian is made a partaker of the Spirit of God. And he who has not the Spirit of Christ is none of his. I had to put his what's the name in here. I didn't, I'm not too this yet, but I want to make sure I have it. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And do not take over much wine by which one may be overcome, but be full of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're full of the Holy Spirit, you'll sing sometime, maybe in your own private way. You'll say hallelujah. You say, I need to pray for that person. I'm, walk, I'm driving down the road. Just... A thousand ways you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I get a witness? Why don't you try it sometime? Now I'm being sarcastic. Why don't you try it sometime? Why don't you ask the Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit? That doesn't mean another dose. It means let you let take over. There I go, there I go again. Take over, Holy Spirit. We as Christians are commanded. This is not, oh, you could be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, you don't have to. You're commanded. God gave you a command to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the Greek, that's what it is. It's a command. It's not optional. A Christian is to be under the influence and control of the Spirit. This is being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it is God's way of empowering, say empowering. You and me to live a victorious. As a Christian, I don't have to live a defeated life. Why would you? You can be filled if you am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Well, wait a minute, you just said the whole Holy Spirit was, was in you. Now you turn around and say, the Christ is in you. Both are in you. Amen. Don't ask me to explain it, I can't. Somebody said it, living by faith. And the life which I now live I, in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me, little old Bruce, 
little old John, little old Sally, little old whoever you are. And he gave himself for me. I have been put to death on the cross with Christ. Still I'm living, but I'm living a different type of life now. What kind of life is that, Brother Bruce? A life that is filled with the Spirit of God, a life that has put away the old deeds of the flesh. But Christ is living in me, and that life which I now live, I'm living right now. Not under the influence of the old man, but under the influence of I'm a new creation. And I, I don't ever want to seem like I'm bragging. Every born again Christian, every born again Christian is a new creation in Christ Jesus. The faith of the Son of God. What, say faith. Why are you capitalizing on that, Brother Bruce? When you place your faith in the Son of God. Now, you need to explain that. What does it mean, faith? When you realize that all your sins, and I used this metaphor last week, all your sins were placed on the Son of God. Amen. And you said, I believe you died for me. I believe you rose for me. I believe you're coming again. But mostly, I believe that you died for me. And you heard me say this a thousand times. It's finished. It's it's paid in full. And I get so upset when some people tell me, you got to keep on working for your salvation. According to Philippians chapter 2, I'm not going to go there. You look it up and see what you think. Let God the Holy Spirit show you the true meaning of working out your own salvation. Can I get a witness? There's some things that only the Holy Spirit can tell you. And the last part, gave himself for me. Notice that. Me, pronoun, person, for each individual person. Let's go to sealed. In him, you also, having listening to the message of truth, the gospel. Say gospel. Do you know that the word gospel literally means good news? There's good news in knowing Jesus. There's good news. Having also believed. There was that key word again. Believed. Faith. We're sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you, you can see the asterisks behind it, were sealed by the whole, to the day of redemption. This is a metaphor for, for taking a seal, which believing, nah, this is a metaphor, taken of a seal, which being put on anything distinguishes between those things which are authentic and those which are not. Say authentic. I'm not apologizing, as someone told me not to do. Are you an authentic Christian? And I know I said it before, or are you faking it? Before I, I don't know how long I got in this message. I have a short time. Say sealed. So I'm not going to finish this message. But I, I want to say this. Now I can't find it. <clears throat> uh, 
For the creature was made subject as to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected all things in hope. <clears throat> okay, now, now I got it. That was part of it. Who sealed, sealed? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is it, or who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died. Yes, rather, that is risen again. I want to say this again, in case you're new. Christ rose physically from the grave. It's not a spiritual resurrection where his, his body's in the tomb and he's, it's a, it's a physical resurrection. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For it is written, for thy sake are we killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Sealed. Here's the last part of it. For I am persuaded. I'm persuaded. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things past, or things to come, Things to come. There's some. Th if you know anything about the Bible, some things are coming that are really troubling. Can I get a witness? They're coming. Nor height, nor debt, nor any other creature shall be able to separate it from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Once God puts his signature on you, you're not going to, some are going to like, not like this. I'm going to say it anyhow. You're sealed forever. He's not going to take his seal off you. And thank God that he does it because if he did, every one of us would be lost. As the apostle is here speaking of the doctrine of truth, which came by the Holy Spirit and is sealed on the souls of believers by his spirit, he may have in view the Jewish notion. I'm going to show you what the Jewish notion is in a moment, which is at once both correct and elevated. The spirit of God is truth. I know I said the spirit of God, the spirit of truth. There you can see the scriptures who leads in all truth. You can't go wrong if you're led by the Spirit. You just can't. It might be some trouble in doing it, but you can't go wrong. Who leads into all truth, John 16, 13, and teaches us. I love that. Say teaches. Do you know that the Holy Spirit teaches you? He'll teach you just what you need to know. Personally. And they who in the day of judgment are found to bear his seal. I'm going to ask you again. Do you bear the seal of God? Truth in the inward parts. Having truly repented. You don't hear about that word too much. But the Bible says repent. Truly believed and have been in consequences truly justified. What do you mean by that? Someone just reminded me again today, this morning, justified means declared righteous. Do you know that when you accepted Christ Jesus as your personal savior, he declared you righteous? And have walked in truth and sincerity these are sealed to the day of redemption for having this seal. They are seen to have a right to eternal life. 
What are you what are you doing? Brother Bruce, I'm looking at that clock. You mean I'm not you mean I have to wait to the day of redemption in order to know I'm saved? No. Look it up yourself. These things I have written that you may know. I'm going I have no idea who I'm talking to. Don't you let me Pastor, anybody tell you you cannot be saved until you work out your own salvation? You can be saved right now. Amen. You don't even have to wait another minute. Amen. These things I have written that you may know that you have eternal life. Here's that ceiling, and this is probably my last one. It was customary among the nations when a person purchased goods of any kind. Say purchased. I'm going to say this, and this is interrupting my so-called sermon. You've been sealed. You've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. To mark with his seal that which he had bought in order that he might know it and be able to claim it if mixed in with the wrong group. I know I paraphrase it. There's some people here, you're not saved. And you don't care about this message. And all I can say to you, what a pity. On the day of judgment, you heard the truth, and I don't know what else you might be doing. You heard the truth. You don't care about being saved. You don't care about dying. Thank you, brother. All I can say is what a pity. And I say that in love. It was customary among all nations when a person purchased goods to mark with his seal that which he had bought in order that he might know it and be able to claim it if mixed in with other goods. To this custom the apostle may have alluded, but it was also a custom to set a seal upon what was dedicated to God. Say dedicated. Isn't it time that you and I be dedicated to God? Instead of the world, you know, I'm going to say it. Some of you Christians, you're dedicated to the world, although you've been purchased. Amen. And God is trying to bring you out of that forbidden state. Amen. I'm going to say this too. If you think you're not going to pay for that on the judgment seat of Christ, you are truly mistaken. I didn't say you weren't saved. I didn't say that. Don't get me wrong. Amen. The Jews themselves speak of the seal of God, which they term, and I didn't, I couldn't pronounce that word, so I just put it down by letters. That's, that's the Hebrew scriptures, truth, in which they consider as a representation of the unoriginal and landless perfections of God. Thank you. You also, you Gentiles, you're sealed and belong to Christ and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. No, I'm not going to try to do the next list. It's too much. Here's what it says, briefly. Intercession, prayer, Received, quoting again, growing in grace, God standing there, uh, standing therefore, and helmet of helmet of salvation. I can tell you some of the things each one says, and I'm going to stop. When they prayed, the Bible in Acts says when they prayed, after being flogged for what they said about Jesus. The cell doors opened. How did it get open? God opened them. When you pray, the Lord is listening. 
He's listening. It doesn't have to be a pious prayer full of godly terms, but he's listening. Now we have received, we've already been over it, the Holy Spirit. He's the one that opens your eyes. Quoting again, that's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace. Standing therefore for, Lord, you need to help me. I try to, but when you get zeal of the Holy Spirit, I ought to get revved up. The helmet of salvation. I know what that is. I'm going to tell you what else I have there. The helmet of salvation. Beside that, I have a helmet. Some of you have a helmet of salvation. You think you could be saved by your good works. You think you're a goody two-shoes guy or girl. You think that God's going to accept me because I'm just a good person. You're mistaken. That's a helmet. That's a helmet you made up. It's the helmet of salvation. Last one. This is so important. This is intercession. Might get, it might give them a chance to... Yeah, they got it. And in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses for we do not know how to pray as we should but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words you get that when you don't know how to pray when the words just escape you and you're in so much pain or so much agony or whatever it is The Holy Spirit says, God, I know what she's saying. I know what he's saying. Let me, let me, if I can put it this way, let me articulate what he's saying. So you don't have to be so powerful in your prayers when you're hurting so bad. All you got to do is say, Lord, I'm hurting. Lord, I'm sorry. And if you don't know how to say whatever it is, the Holy Spirit takes over and says, I'll speak for him. Let's go to...